Welcome to the Sony Pictures Network's Go Beyond podcast, where we go beyond conventional boundaries and summit new heights. I'm your host, Akshay Kapoor. Every climb begins at base camp. Every summit is reached with preparation. Every climb takes courage. But what perhaps no one can account for is the many experiences that come along the way, that the views at each stage of the ascent paint different perspectives and open our eyes to new horizons. Embodying this in more ways than one is Pradeep Sangwan, a mountaineer living in Himachal Pradesh. Pradeep completed military school and even explored a brief career in event management before finding his true calling in the mountains. Over the years, exploring the mountain trails, Pradeep encountered people from all walks of life, from city dwellers looking to escape in the mountains to shepherds to whom the mountains were a home and a source of livelihood. It was during this time that he also began to notice the increasing amount of garbage piling up along the side of these trails, and he realized the range of livelihoods this garbage would have an impact on. To tackle this, he founded Healing Himalayas, a non-profit organization that organizes large-scale treks to clean the waste from the trekking trails in the mountains. In just the last six years, Healing Himalayas has cleared nearly 800 tons of waste from these trails. Today, Pradeep dedicates his life to preserving the vast ecosystem that these Himalayas have to offer. Pradeep, welcome to the Go Beyond podcast. We're thrilled to have you on the show. How are you feeling today? Well, thank you so much. That was a very lovely introduction and uh, and I'm really doing good. It's a new year. So we are very freshen up with our energy and taking uh, the sustainable approach again into 2022 and let's see how it turns out. Absolutely. I think uh, Pradeep, you've lived in the mountains for many years now, but when did you first fall in love and feel connected with the mountains? I think it was back in college because lots of my friends used to talk about trekking the mountains, Himalayas, and there were so many stories. So that was a bit fascinating for me. But you know, it took me some time to fall in love with the mountains because from a distance, everything seems very good. But when you start mm-hmm. going into the mountains, start living there, you start trekking, then you realize there are so many difficulties related to the local lifestyle, livelihood and things like that. I remember last time we spoke, you told us uh, this story of 15-day trek that you went on. (laughs) And uh, that is when you really started feeling connected with the mountains. Yeah, actually, one of my friends, he suggested me that, you know, let's do something crazy. Hmm. (laughs) So we started trekking from uh, Manali. Then we did a pass. It's called Hamta Pass. Very beautiful, very scenic uh, pass. And uh, then uh, we had to reach this beautiful lake called Chandatal Lake. And from Chandatal, we had to trek down to Surastal Lake. So And it was a tricky part because we were were just two of us. And uh, we had to carry almost about 20 kilograms each. Uh, because we had uh, our luggage, we had uh, food, we had uh, tents, we had sleeping bags, mats, and ice, ice axe also, rope also to cross the river. So there was so many, so many things around our shoulders. Hmm. And in the first day, we did about 35 kilometers. Wow. Wow. We, uh, we we met a few shepherds also along the way and uh, they always invited us for a cup of tea and that was a sort of luxury for us, you know, cup of tea at that altitude and <laughs> to, made by somebody else. So <laughs> that was fun. When you say at that altitude, how high up, how high up were you? Uh, that was about uh, 4,800 meters. So somewhere around uh, 15,000 feet. It, it was very dry also, like there are no trees around there because the landscape changes beyond 3,000 meters. You track through the tree line 
then the meadows and then the mm-hmm. uh, rocky patch just pure mountains and nothing else right so that's where it's most difficult because the amount of oxygen drops down to a significant level and uh, and you have to track and track and track so anyways hmm. so we started interacting with these shepherds and they were kind enough to offer us tea and uh, there are hardly any trackers so they were quite welcoming uh, just to see us that you know come and stay with us we'll offer you food and lots of stories also but we had a target in our head and that we had to reach the reach to this uh, particular destination uh, so the point where we had to reach Tokpoyongma so big river in uh, Tibetan language is called Tokpoyongma okay and the next morning we had to cross it so after trekking 35 uh, kilometers in a day the next morning we were like completely jammed <laughs> and uh, and it was also raining we were very surprised to see that it was raining in that area because uh, there's hardly any rain because spiti is a cold desert it's just snowfall or nothing okay but uh, in last 10 years the whole uh, weather pattern has changed and it has started raining a lot because of that rain we were not able to cross that river in the morning and uh, we were some disappointed but uh, there are no choices when uh, you know nature has decided something that you can't really fight with nature so we thought that there were so many shepherds they were calling for us and they were like you know come down and uh, stay with us so why not just utilize this opportunity and stay with them for a uh, few days mm-hmm. and in the meantime we also broke our stove so we were not able to cook anything so we just had chocolates so i went to this uh, the very nearest shepherd uh, the two guys uh, hansraj and bharu okay then uh, i asked them you know uh, boss we really hungry man just give us something <laughs> to eat anything that you have he uh, got us uh, kadi chawal okay main bata nahi sakta matlab khana maine khaya bahut sari jagah pe but usse best kadi chawal zindagi mein maine kabhi nahi khaya i still relish that uh, taste in my mouth mountain master chef yeah 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 they were so they, these two guys you know daily routine they follow one has to stay back in the hut and then second one has to go with the herd sheep and goats hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So that's how they divided their responsibility. One will prepare the food, and another one will go along with the, sh- the sheep and goats. And then evening they'll come back and sit, chit chat, laugh about certain things, cook food, and then eat and sleep. I I got fascinated uh, with the kind of lifestyle because at that point of time I was sort of thinking to escape everything because the whole world was chasing a particular dream that you know get a job, get married, get settled, build a house, and then right live for yourself or your family and. Uh, I was already beyond that concept because hmm. people retire at the age of 60 and settle down in the mountains. I retired at the age of 23 or 4 and settled down in the mountains <laughs> and doing something very very different because see if you if you you know do something like this now it is a bit easier because the whole world is believing that they are nomads and they work from uh, remote areas they live in uh, the mountains they started a cafe or a hotel or a homestay everything makes sense now but back in 2009 it never really did so right i sort of connected with hansraj and bharu and uh, the kind of you know life they had so uh, i told my friend that this is once in a lifetime opportunity let's stay for a while and live with them and see how they live uh, their day to day lives that's where the idea of healing himalayas came into picture and i thought that uh, why not take this education and this education comes from uh, the beautiful community i must take this uh, knowledge all across the globe or especially the himalayan region very fragile ecosystem that needs to be nurtured and preserved and uh, that's where the journey of healing himalayas started right i i love that this is sort of the inspiration behind healing himalayas but uh, have you always been 
fearless as an individual because to do something like a 15 day trek where you're just two people walking through the mountains to walk 35 kilometers in a day to be able to live with people you've never seen before and never heard of before in a completely new environment takes a lot of guts mm. i can imagine so have you always been fearless not really because you know i lived in a very comfortable zone so <laughs> right. uh, you know breaking out from it was very difficult and uh, it takes a lot of courage to start something uh, like this and uh, i thought about it for a long long time it took me few years to sort of execute the idea on ground hmm. and i was very very scared initially but once i started doing it the process became very easy for me because i was already connected with so many people in the mountains i had the experience of trekking i was connected with the local community so the process of execution became very smooth and that gave me courage that's where i realized that it's doable and i can do it and uh, there was a lot of motivation that i got uh, from my friends not from my family though but from my friends so uh, that <laughs> so everything aligned right. in just 6 years we were able to achieve so many things right just not because that i was there but also because there are so many people who came out and uh, they were looking forward to a platform such as healing himalayas right and uh, since you talked about friends and family i have to ask you how did your family and friends react to you suddenly venturing into the mountains into going into trekking into moving into the mountains were there any challenges that you faced that you weren't prepared for well you know how friends are right they like yeah yeah do it go for it man we are there for you and they were literally there because see living or uh, studying from a boarding school and studying there i was more connected with the friend circle rather than the family because i was there with them throughout my life hmm. but the emotional connect with your family that is always there and if they are not aligned or not supportive enough then uh, it hurts you mentally not physically right so uh, first few years were very challenging and i didn't go home for 2 years i never had enough money also i somehow bought this vehicle for myself and then eventually i had ended up selling it off right. because i started healing himalayas and i was not able to pay off monthly emi <laughs> and that was the only time that i had emi <laughs> since that that time i never you know got into a situation where i had to pay emi but again uh, it took couple of years uh, for my family also uh, to understand what i'm doing after a couple of years uh, when they saw that he is being reluctant about it and he is going to do it so they started uh, believing in me in, uh, eventually and uh, in the fourth year i think my father uh, became a part of my cleaning drives so that was one of the achievements for me oh wow <laughs> biggest achievement i think that's fantastic i have to ask you building on that same point that you make it a point uh, to spend 10 to 15 days every year with a shepherd in the mountains right yes so can you tell us uh, about some of the fascinating people you've encountered and uh, over the years through your treks and how interacting with them has changed your perspective on life hmm So I'll tell you the latest one. Couple of years back, like because we were not able to make it uh, to this community last year. So last last year we went down. Uh, there's this trek called Pin Parvati trek. It connects two valleys, Kullu Valley, Parvati, and uh, Pin Parvati. So on the other side it is Pin Valley, and this side it is Parvati Valley. So Pin Parvati Pass it's called. And uh, we were there to meet this uh, shepherd who is almost 60, 65 years uh, of age, and uh, he spends about six months there. 
at the altitude of uh, 4500 meters and i thought that why not understand from them that how exactly the environment has changed or a shepherd's point of view for uh, climate change in a very layman's language not in a very scientific manner he said that these are my last few years that i would like to spend in the mountains and because if, if after that my physical condition uh, wouldn't allow me to sort of Uh, you know track this much right and we were surprised that at this is also you are doing it and you are still trying to expand it that's amazing because <laughs> you know beyond 50 most of us you know, sort of give up on tracking itself and you are here spending time alone and he was alone all throughout like 4 to 5 months he stays there alone and uh, his point of view was directly related to the amount of snowfall that used to happen and you know the amount of snowfall that is happening now so if the snowfall increases you know the amount of water in the rivers increases and the strength of or the nutrition value of the grass that is there that will increase you know because this grass at right. the altitude of 2000 right. meters also so why do they need to go to the altitude of 5000 meters because the nutrition value at that altitude is higher than the value at the 2000 meters so that's why they end up trekking so much that's why they spend 5 to 6 months there so that the you know their herd become healthy enough to sustain the winters also right. but because of less snowfall the, the the nutrition value in the grass has decreased to a significant level and then they used to cut down the wool of the sheep thrice in a year earlier back in time in 80s 90s but in 2000 it has come down to only once in a year so it has a direct impact on their livelihood mm. and mm. also the, the the whole perspective related to climate change that the amount of footfall that is increasing in the himalayas the anthropogenic activities increasing in the himalayas how exactly it is affecting the livelihood of a shepherd who's not remotely connected with these climate change activities so very very simple point of view but uh, very effective also very hard hitting So Pradeep you were saying that uh, uh, you had documented this is that uh, available anywhere if any of the listeners want to check it out Yeah yeah it's available it's on YouTube also it's on my personal Instagram handle also Okay fantastic that sort of builds on the idea we were moving towards because you talked about climate change and then obviously healing Himalayas is a way in which you're trying to preserve that ecosystem mm-hmm. So I have to ask you Uh, what are the sort of uphill climbs that you had to face uh, in order to surmount actually getting it started yeah the biggest challenge was to get people out of their comfortable zones houses and you know spoil their weekends absolutely uh, because uh, nobody was ready for it right. but to gather double digit of our volunteers it took me almost one year we started with one then three then four and by the end of 2016 we were 11 for a trekking route So first time when we went out for a track route in Kirganga there were 11 trackers and I was very happy to see that then we made uh, it up to 11 trackers but yeah getting volunteers to go out for a cleaning drive that was one second collecting that waste and bringing back to the base and then how exactly are we going to dispose its material that can be reused recycled but uh, how exactly are we going to do that because the cleaning drives that are happening are in a very remote area but the recyclers are in a city so how exactly are we going to transport it there were real challenges like practical challenges that how exactly are we going to do it so i started interacting with uh, these rack pickers the real contributor to the cleanliness in india especially so i started interacting with them that how exactly are you managing this you collect a lot of waste and how exactly are you recycling it then they sort of aligned with the process so whenever we used to organize a cleaning drive i used to inform couple of uh, rag pickers then you come and will give you this amazing material free of cost because it's neat and clean segregated and most of it is pet which holds significant value in the market right right so then i collaborated with these rag pickers and they started taking the waste so they started recycling it and then 
third part was how exactly are we going to be consistent about it like do we have to do it on a weekly basis or a monthly basis so i decided that we'll take it slowly in the first 6 months i'll explore multiple locations of the himalayas and then see what are the challenges related to the locality and that was the way forward for me understood how did it grow from this initial challenge of just motivating individuals to come and help you out to this a uh, wide scale you know Uh, across different cities and different uh, areas of the himalayas uh, sort of a, uh, this mass activity that has become today so i think for me it was mainly the social media i started exploring social media in 2016 before that i was hardly there but because of these activities i had to showcase the work that we are doing to engage more people right. so the first and the most important aspect for us to get volunteers or visibility or engagement was social media in the first couple of years and then by the end of i think 2017 or somewhere uh, in the beginning of 2018 couple of celebrities also saw that this guy is doing something in the mountains and himalayas and this sort of started reposting whatever i posted on social media and that that's how we grew i think that's absolutely fantastic i love the fact that you talked about social media because my next question was going to be about social media arguably the rise of social media and blogging has definitely driven more people to holiday in the mountains and we wanted to understand how has this really impacted your efforts with healing himalayas so actually uh, this is the community who believes in trekking for a purpose is still only 5 to 10% but the community who just want to trek and explore is 90% so we have a lo- long way to go that's for sure right and so as of now what i have seen is that uh, the community that tracks for a purpose is lagging behind the strength or the number of volunteers or the trackers is way less than the community who is tracking without a purpose right there are bloggers out there who is uh, taking people through the new destinations but they are not showcasing the collateral damage being done by this excessive tourism so that community still needs to grow but from where we have started and where we have reached right now we have created a lot of difference in the sense that there are people out there who never wanted uh, to track aimlessly but they have this platform now i would like to you know hmm. create more platforms who are there to guide you in a sustainable direction where you don't end up hurting himalayas or the mountains so yes the community is growing but we are still lagging way way far behind it shouldn't be you know on the day of world environment day right. or earth day it has to be inculcated <laughs> in, in in a way that it becomes a part of your lifestyle part of your blog part of your youtube videos part of your influential videos so i'm not asking everybody to leave their jobs and become a shepherd or become somebody like me yeah but at least take those ideas and implement those ideas wherever you are hmm. it's not about mountains in the plains you you can take these small simple ideas and inculcate them into your lifestyle and make it more eco friendly and make it in a way that it doesn't create any burden for example you know using a reusable bottle should not become a burden it, it becomes such a part of your you know lifestyle that it is integral hmm. rather than that creates a burden on your mind that you know oh i have to carry this bottle also now man there are so many bottles out there i can buy it from anywhere but we need to be conscious in that direction and bottle just one example there are thousands of examples right absolutely i think that leads us right into the final question of our conversation today um which i think has been in many ways an eye opening and enjoyable one for me i'm sure the listeners will also find it so but i want to paint you a picture uh, pradeep you're on top of mount everest and you have this magical loudspeaker the whole world can hear your voice right now so drawing on all that you have seen and heard and observed from your time in the mountains what message would you like to share with everyone listening 
wow man i wish that could happen <laughs> <laughs> see what i'm trying to do is very simple you know and uh, it is as simple as picking up a bottle that has been thrown and putting it into a dustbin that's it there's no rocket science attached to it it is very very mm-hmm. simple it's all related to the attitude that's all there's nothing beyond that and if all of us can come together and do or follow these simple ideas of life i always say that i'm a simple man trying to change the world in the most simplest way and this is the most simplest way for me mm. that just if you throw something on the floor or anywhere in the mountains also in the plains also you are not just throwing a bottle or a wrapper you're just you're also throwing your negativity in the world and you know after consuming so much of negativity at some point of time i thought that i also became very negative but then i need to you know channelize that into a positive aspect also mm. we just focus on ourselves in the long run we tend to you know become successful we take care of our family we take care of the immediate people around us and nothing beyond that but we need to expand our horizon we need to expand it so that we can also take care of the wildlife out there the water bodies out there right. the natural resources out there we need to expand that horizon and we need to bring back that sensitivity that we have lost along the way to become a more settled or established human being so that's the one thing that i would like everybody to listen and actually implement it on the ground because we are not just talking and talking and discussing and discussing we are actually implementing those ideas there is so much of knowledge out there there is so much of technical know out there but nobody is actually using it so let's start using it and the simplest way to use it is to change your lifestyle that's it. Fantastic. I think on that note Pradeep thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the Go Beyond podcast. I must say that I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure our listeners will too. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity and I hope this opportunity becomes like that I'm shouting from the top of the Mount Everest and everybody is listening to me. If you liked what you heard be sure to subscribe to and follow the Go Beyond podcast on www.sonypicturesnetworks.com/podcast. We're also present on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and a host of other platforms. Don't forget to rate and review us too. I've been your host Akshay Kapoor and I look forward to seeing you on our next journey into the beyond.